Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 92. Are you comfortable teaching? That's right. Today we're going to ask the question, are you comfortable teaching swim lessons or coaching during the coronavirus pandemic? It is a very real virus that has serious complications and issues associated with it, and we take it seriously at Swimming Ideas. Today we're going to look into what you should do if you do feel comfortable and if you do not feel comfortable teaching lessons on the pool deck. After this brief message, we'll get started. That's right, today we are talking about are you comfortable teaching during the coronavirus pandemic? And as we go into fall of 2020, we're beginning to open up our facilities and our programs to the public. Now, I've been teaching, coaching rather, swimming for the last four months, and that involves every day going to the pool for three to four hours and coaching on deck with a face mask. And it is an unpleasant experience, but it's one that I've grown accustomed to. After the recent weeks where many high-level political figures in America have fallen ill, particularly the president and a number of other senators and uh, associative staff, in a very reckless and careless example of not being prepared, uh, getting safe, it has kind of reminded me that the coronavirus is a very real and a very potentially deadly disease. Now, you can talk about statistics, you can talk about infection rates, it doesn't really matter. Uh, What does matter is that in America, there are 210,000 people that are dead. And I don't want to contribute to that. Um, So we're going to take at Swimming Ideas precautions and uh, at my job on how to reduce or keep the virus from spreading. And the benefit of this is, is that If we are being careful in this regard, it'll help us in our overall um, uh, health by keeping flu and other things at bay as well. Now, with that said, um, what we're looking at today is, are you comfortable teaching? And what do you do if you're not? And I want to ask you and get your response to this. You can go to anchor.fm slash swimming ideas and you can click on the ask a question button. And I want to know your thoughts on this. Are you, uh, do you feel safe teaching on deck? Do you feel safe running a swim lesson program? Do you feel safe coaching? Now I ask these questions because when our participants show up, they take their masks off to swim. That's right. I have six to eight kids in the pool without masks on, swimming, breathing heavily, um, while I have myself on the pool deck with a face covering and two lifeguards, each with their own face covering. And we have two because one is on break and the other one is on duty. So there are multiple people in this large space. We do have fans. We do have an, uh, an Uh, exit and expeller fan that sucks up the chloramines off the pool deck and shoots it outside. Um, It's at foot level, so it's below, it's on the deck. Uh, And so we have fans that blow across the pool and towards that expeller thing. And I feel pretty safe. Now, for generally, I feel pretty good about coaching on deck with, you know, these eight kids in the water who I'm generally not getting very close with. I'm not spending a lot of time, you know, 
speaking directly back and forth with them. I'm giving instructions. We have the practice on the television screen. It's hosted on swimminglessonsideas.com. I use the same uh, program that's available to you through the developmental swim practices to write those practices, and we post them. Uh, every practice is there so the kids can see it on the TV that we use on the pool deck. And, you know, there's not a lot of close-to-close interaction. And I want to tell you a little story about where this podcast episode comes from. Um, So this weekend, I had to find Diet Sprite. Now, I don't know where you live. I live in Illinois, in Chicago, and it's pretty difficult to find Diet Sprite. Now, I don't know if they... Uh, for my wife here. And I don't know if it's been discontinued or not. I found it in a two liter bottle at the end, like the next day. But I was driving and I was coming home from work and I wanted to get her diet Sprite. And so I stopped at a gas station uh, because gas stations tend to have a lot of soda and pop. And I walked in there and the clerk didn't wear his face mask. He had it under his chin. And uh, if you're familiar with the gas station, um, like booth thing they're pretty small confined areas and there were four other people in there and they did have diet seven up uh, but they didn't have diet sprite and I kind of looked around I'm like you know what I don't feel comfortable here with this guy who sees hundreds of people without his face mask on touching money touching everything I was watching him check people out he's you know, breathing all over his hands and he's grabbing people's things and putting one into the scanner. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I, I don't feel safe, so I'm going to leave. So I left. I went to another one on my way home and they didn't have any uh, diet Sprite or diet anything. And they actually had three people that worked there behind the counter, two people wearing face masks, one person not even wearing a face mask, and another person, a mail delivery person, with a scarf around his mouth. And the person without wearing a face mask was, you know, right there within there, all in this enclosed space, smaller than our pool, you know, laughing, talking, making a lot of noise, completely uncovered. And I so I left immediately. Again, you know, I don't want to put myself at jeopardy. I don't want to put my family in jeopardy. I'm not going to take unnecessary risks just because someone else feels like they don't want to. Um, and then, so I went to a third gas station and the guy inside the gas station wasn't wearing a mask either. And again, it's these, these gas stations are very small, confined spaces and they spend a lot of time in there. And if you're alone, I get it. Like if you're in your own office, I understand, but put a face covering on when someone else comes in, put a face covering on when, when you're in a public space that there's a lot of traffic in, um, And so we're going to operate under this assumption of are you creating at your swimming pool an environment of safety that makes people feel good? And it's not about what you feel is right. It's not about what you feel is an impingement on your liberties or anything. It's what is good business sense. And are you comfortable going to a program that takes into consideration the realities of the world that we're in. There are 210 Americans dead in eight months, right? Um, We're shy of the total of World War II Americans dead here and in eight months. So this is a very real thing. How can we take this, this, this devastating economic and business ruining 
pandemic and provide programs and swimming that make people feel good. And that's what I want to talk about today. Are you comfortable teaching? It's this question that I'm going to be asking my swim instructors as we go into our first lessons this coming Saturday. And it, I'm, I'm doing what I can to make sure that both my staff and my participants are safe. Because I don't, just like lifeguarding, if you provide a lifeguard, you should be doing the same safety-based initiatives to, to keep people from dying at your pool in the water as you are from coronavirus. So we're just going to take the same approach that you should already be doing as an aquatic professional. If you are an aquatic professional, you should already have this innate desire to address the safety needs of your participants. Your goal, your primary goal as an aquatic professional is to have your participants leave survive. They should survive the pool. They should survive the water. Second to that is they should have a good experience when they're there and, uh, and then how you can make money. So safety is the primary goal here. And so all of our decisions are based off that assumption that we're doing everything we can to keep our participants safe. And that extends to how are you going to frame and shape your program to keep them safe from themselves in the water and from this transmittable disease called coronavirus. So are you comfortable teaching? I, I have been comfortable teaching our swim team. I've been comfortable with the way we do it. And we're going to do it very similarly when we do our swim lessons. Now, there are some challenges that I'm anticipating as we go forward. Um, what do you do with kids that need extra help in the water? Three-year-olds, four-year-olds. I think that they need their parents with them, and that's going to increase the number of bodies that are in the facility without face coverings. Are the parents going to have to keep their face mask on in the water? We know that face coverings do not work in the water. When we're doing lifeguard training, the recommendation is that you take them off, and yet when we do our lifeguard trainings during the summer, we saw an explosion of symptomatic spread amongst the lifeguards and had to shut down the pools. So how do we do this non-face covering, non-compliance um, and, and challenge of you can't wear a face covering when in the water and still teach lessons? So that's what we're going we're gonna to do. We're going to look at how we can uh, set this up. So I have, a, I have a bullet list here that I want to go through, and I, I wanted to frame this in a way that sets your expectations because our, our lens has to be safety. It has to be are we providing a comfortable environment for our teachers to be there and for our participants? And if they are comfortable on all ends, then we're going to have a better experience and we're going to have more revenue because there's going to be more people willing to pay to come participate in our swim lessons. Okay, so the first thing that we need to do is we need to set up a system. Our system is we have a one-way entry and a one-way exit. In between, we sanitize, but uh, there are spaced out places for people to put their stuff. They're six feet apart. And then we have, uh, we'll spread about um, on the whole pool and use the whole pool uh, spread out uh, so that each child who is without a face covering has their own individual space. We'll use televisions and whiteboards to write practices and lesson plans. And we'll use our level structure to group people 
in different sections of the pool so that we can maximize the amount of instructors we to the instructor to swim instructor ratios. We'll have a system. Parents will generally not be allowed. They will be allowed if they, I mentioned earlier, if for a parent and infant class and for children that cannot operate on their own independently in the water. Parents will be allowed to walk their children in, but then must leave for the duration of the lesson. We're looking at reducing the amount of people on the pool deck in the confined space so that we don't spread COVID. So we don't spread any disease, really. Number two, we're going to require that face coverings are worn the entire time if you're coaching or teaching. Now, this is without exception. If you're coaching, you're on the pool deck, you wear your face covering. If you're teaching lessons, it sucks. It does. If you're teaching lessons, kids read your voice, especially in a loud environment, you have to wear the face covering. This is something that... Um, the staff generally lets lapse, but I harp on pretty strictly. Um, if someone doesn't have a face covering that covers their nose correctly, I give them one that they can wear uh, instead. Uh, and it's required. If you want to work, it's just like wearing a swimsuit as a lifeguard. You have to wear your face covering in order to teach or be on the pool deck. It's just a, it's an A or B. It's an on or off switch. It's, it's a non-negotiable. Participants have to do the, the wear their face coverings as well until they're in the water. So they'll wear their face coverings to the edge. They can put it on, uh, we'll use like a, a plate or something, or they can put it with their stuff, and then they have to get in the water without it. Again, you can't swim with a face covering. So uh, unfortunately, that's, that's the reality that we're in in this industry. We're going to space our participants apart with a good distance apart. I'm going to exceed the six feet. So whenever we can, we'll have significantly spaced out people more than six feet apart. We have four lanes. Uh, they're each about um, six feet. I think they're a little more, seven feet lanes. Um, each kid will get their own lane. But if we can, we'll put a spacer of nobody in between two lanes so that um, it even further separates people. And then our swim instructors can stand on the deck and guide them through our lessons. We'll have regular airflow across the pool surface and we expel it. So we already have an expeller fan that sucks air off the pool deck and shoots it outside. We've added uh, the floor fans that are lower decibel volumes and the big air like moving fans. Um, they're the, like the blue ones that kind of look like a swirl and then they have like the chute at the bottom. We use those to blow the air across the surface of the pool. And this is so that we create an airflow system so that our expeller fans can suck out more of the airflow. And we know this is effective because we know that indoors, we know that inside the coronavirus travels along air conditioning paths. It's, uh, it, if you have an ex a prolonged exposure from someone who is ill, um, it's that lingering droplet and um, aerosoled virus infection that if we suck out of the pool, just like the chloramines, if we're leveraging the existing systems we have in the pool, then um, we, we know that it's not going to linger and be long. So it'll help us with our safety. We're going to limit our exposure to people. So um, 
we're all, we're going to reduce the time of our lessons. Uh, we also need to increase the cost of our lessons because we have a higher or a lower ratio of instructor to, to swimmer. So we've gone from five kids to one down to two to three kids to one. So we actually have to increase our staff to meet the same number of people, that like eight people. We need to increase our staff up to three uh, or four. Uh, and so that we need to increase the amount that we charge. Uh, we're also going to ask our staff, are they comfortable with this? Are you comfortable teaching lessons? And if the answer is no, what can we do to make you comfortable? And if the answer is still no, then maybe they're not appropriate uh, working in that job at that time. Uh, so maybe we give them something else to do. Uh, so, uh, you know, we can't 100% make sure that everyone is is comfortable there's going to be some unease but we can do what we can we can take steps towards making people feel better by putting in systems by using preventative caution by um, setting up uh, guidelines and expectations for our staff and our participants so that everyone is safe we'll screen our participants so every time they come they have to fill out a screening questionnaire and that questionnaire uh, asks questions like have you had a fever do you know any have you come into contact with anyone that has tested positive the standard questions that you'll see it uh, they actually have to fill out uh, and submit each day um, will require that parents are involved in this. So throughout this week, I'll be emailing and communicating with everyone that signed up for our lessons and making sure they understand our systems, our rules, and our expectations. And then so we'll make sure that our parents are involved and on board with the system that we've set up. So, and if they have disagreements or they're, they don't want to participate in, in the safety procedures that we have in place, then we'll gladly give them a refund and they don't have to participate in our program. And then finally, uh, we'll kick people out that don't follow the rules. Um, so we're going to be unapologetic about our own safety. So we don't want to be apologizing for taking care of both our staff, ourselves, and our participants. In the same way that we're not going to let someone do a dive into three feet of water, we're not going to let someone come in and... Um, not wear a face covering the entire time and get super close to people um, instead uh, or uh, teach without a face covering on. Instead, we're going to do as much preventative measures as possible. We're going to reduce our class sizes. We're going to increase our airflow. We're going to um, increase our PP, our protective uh, face covering for our staff and for our lifeguards. And then um, we'll make sure that our participants stay a distant uh, amount apart as well. All of these things are aimed at, are you comfortable teaching? Are you comfortable uh, being on the pool deck teaching? Are you comfortable coming to our pool and having your kids taught? You know, that's that's where this is at. That's what I'm thinking about now. And that's what what's on my mind, and I imagine is on your mind as well. And we can start allaying these fears. We can start addressing these fears by taking action. We can set up a system. We can mandate that our our staff wears face coverings the entire time they're at the pool. Uh, we can space our participants apart so that they, if they are ill and they have their face covering off, they're not 
in close proximity to anybody else. Uh, we can have regular airflow. We can limit our exposure. We can ask our staff what they're comfortable with and address their needs. We can talk to the participants and address their needs. We can screen our participants. We can require the parent involvement. So if there's a kid that can't swim, instead of taking our face covering off and getting in the water with them, we'll have the parent get in the water with them instead because the parent and the child can interact without face coverings on their own. And then we'll guide the parent and the child through our typical lesson program. And then we'll screen our participants, we'll require their involvement, and then we'll kick people out that don't follow the rules. So if you're coming in and you're not, and you're not doing what we're asking, um, then you're not welcome at the program, both um, following rules, policy, and guidelines, as well as safety procedures for the staff and participants. I want to know what you think. Are you comfortable? How do you feel about teaching lessons right now? I know that there's this dance, this balance between necessity and caution. And at some point, there has to be somewhere in between. You know, we, we can't ignore the reality that we have to be earning money and making revenue. We can't ignore the fact that we have to be... Um, we have to do something to continue our livelihood. We have to, um, you know, move on with our lives, so to speak. We can't be staying at home all the time because that's the reality of our lives right now. But we also need to be behaving in a reasonable, responsible, and safe manner. How can you balance those two things? How can you meet in the middle? And I want to hear from you. So anchor.fm slash swimming ideas. There are three buttons. It's the one on the right click ask a question. Uh, it'll ask you to record your voice, just ask it. Uh, and then if you don't want it included on a future podcast, just say, I don't want this included. And I'll respect that. But I want to hear from you. I want to know what your thoughts are. Are you comfortable teaching? How do you feel in this new coronavirus pandemic environment? And how are you handling reopening and running your swim lessons? Go ahead and give me that comment. And uh, or send me an email, jeff at swimminglessonsideas.com. And I just want to know that together we can teach better lessons tomorrow. Take care and be safe. Mm -hmm.